All right, after days of speculation, one of the best cornerbacks of our time is joining the Bucks. Plus, we look back at the dreadful trip to La La Land. And in just 37 seconds, we found out why we should listen to this quarterback very closely when he speaks. We discussed that and, oh, so much more. And, yes, because we wanted to wait for the news to break, we're talking to you on a Wednesday not a Monday. Yet this is the Monday morning extra point, a Bucks Nation podcast. Len Martez joined by former NFL quarterback Brandon Dowdy. Before we go hard and heavy, allow me to remind you to follow Brandon Dowdy on Twitter at Brandon Dowdy. Follow me at Elmore 10 Most of all, follow Bucks Nation at Bucks underscore Nation. And don't forget to hit up BucksNation.com for all your latest news on the Super Bowl champs. And no matter where you found this podcast, the Monday Morning Extra Point, whether it's Spotify, iHeart, or Apple, hit that subscribe button. So when we put up a new podcast, you get it when it comes out. All right, Mr. Dowdy. So uh, yeah, man, news broke today that uh, a certain five-time Pro Bowl cornerback the member, one of the members of actually the Pro Football Hall of Fame decade team of the the tens of the last decade, Richard Sherman, potential future Hall of Famer, is joining the Buccaneers. Curious what you think about him coming here, because as it is, I mean, he's 33 years old, and I know they have their problems in the secondary. We talked about some of them before, about, uh, about teams picking them apart a little bit. We watched it on Sunday, too, by the way, and we'll get into Sunday's game, but we watched... That Prescott do it on that Thursday night. But uh, your thoughts on Sherman now being a Buccaneer, wearing number five? He is. He's now an original part, uh, member of the Legion of Boom in Seattle, man. Uh, I remember playing in Seattle, and and first that that fan fandom was absolutely electric. I mean, I, I started off my NFL career playing at Seattle when their defense was the greatest defense of all time. And they just ran one coverage. It was just – cover three week the entire game and they were just murdering teams and I remember looking at actually the Bucks court I don't know if he's a quarterback analysis or offensive coordinator Clyde Christensen I remember he pulled puts his arm quarterback around coach. Me, quarterback coach and he puts his arm around me and uh he says Brandon this atmosphere don't get any better than this buddy so it goes all downhill from here <laughs> so <laughs> welcome so to the fun. NFL son yeah exactly and then let me go to Miami the next week and we have more away uh, fans than we do home fans. I don't know what the heck's going on in Miami, but uh, Richard Sherman, man, a zone coverage specialist. Uh, he's going to beat you before the game, before the snap of the ball even snaps, man. He's just going to, he's one of those guys that's so innovative, so savvy, so unbelievably a student of, a, of the game on the defensive side of the ball. He's a leader, which I like. I like that he's got kind of a uh, uh, alpha mentality to a to a secondary that really don't got an alpha. So I think it's a man. I, I really do. I think it's a perfect fit. I think it's a much needed fit and much needed boost right now after that defense really got tormented last week. One of the things that uh, you brought up that that kind of leans me not towards obviously disliking the signing because listen, here's my thing in regards to him coming here. For one is Bruce Aarons. And Todd Bowles have 
been a guy or have been guys and coaches that have watched him from afar when those coaches were in Arizona and Richard was doing his thing with, with Seattle and San Francisco. So obviously they, they, they know the preparation that it takes to get ready for that, that defense that he was on. And more so you pretty much had to identify where 25 was too, mm-hmm. when you're watching film and he was one of those guys, he, he was that good. But when it comes to Bruce Aarons, who is well-respected within this league, especially with players, I couldn't see Bruce just signing him for the sake of just bringing him here without knowing he could help, especially knowing the fact of the career that Sherman has had and not wanting to mess with that. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. And it's cool because you're 100% right. One, he's got a name. Two, he's... They can hide him. And I, I personally don't think Sherman is nearly as effective in man covers than he is in zone. He does a, a, like an unbelievable job of like reading concepts, knowing, all right, this is a two-man concept. They can only do this out of this. He knows that, hey, we're in cover four. I know the where I need to put my eyes on the quarterback to be able to anticipate where these routes are going to develop. Um, he does a good job, you know, flipping his hips. I'm trying to – we had to study him, so I'm trying to get my mind back to – where we were, what we tried to do to to well, if we saw him in man coverage, I know Ryan was like, I'm gonna go after him in man coverage. When you were with the Dolphins, when I was with Miami, yeah. So I knew that, but now 33 years old, I think with all the combo coverage that can be played in the NFL, which means you could play zone coverage on one side, you could play man coverage on another side. All this deception up front, they're so skilled up front that it allows you to be creative on the outside. So I'm I'm interested to see how they use them. I know he's going to be in good shape. The guy's a pro. So he, that's not going to be a question. And I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how much of an alpha from the defensive side of the ball, because they need one. They need somebody to be a vocal alpha that get in people's heads like they do on the offensive side of the ball with T- TB and Mike Evans and Godwin and just the amount of alphas they got on that side compared to the defensive side that's just lacking a little confidence. And you know, Richard Sherman, he ain't going to be lacking no confidence. So uh, I think it's a great signing. I really do. I think I think it's one of the, the better signings. I mean, you get a guy like this for a minimum. I think he signed for a minimum. Why, why not bring him in? you got nothing to lose at this point. I'm curious to see how heavy they go with changing to more of a zone than man-to-man because you have him. Because as of right now, and, and uh, we'll get into – some of the things that the Bucs are facing when they go to New England on Sunday night as far as having a secondary healthy. But uh, as it is, Sean Murphy Bunting still out, the number two corner. And Jamel Dean, who did practice and was limited today, there's questions about him playing on Sunday too. So with that, all of a sudden, you're talking about if Sherman does play, he may be your third or fourth corner and, and based off of maybe not know as much as the guys that are playing ahead of him on the, on the depth chart that have been here throughout camp and everything else. But as far as his ability is concerned, yeah, he's going to have probably the responsibility of, again, being a third corner in that defense. Yep, he does. And I, it's, I, I'm excited to just see how they use him, how they, they incorporate him in early. You know, he's in a, they're going to try to dust some rust off with him, but huge game on Sunday. I mean, you, you know, we, we don't have to even talk about, the perplexity of, of going back to Gillette and playing in front of the stand. I, I saw something, Lynn, that the fifth row ticket was usually 
like 500 bucks. And for this game and this game alone, it was like $14,000. Like what? <laughs> like, just to watch TV 12, to sit behind the visiting side. Once in a lifetime, man. Red, man. Once oh, in a yeah. lifetime. The, the NFL did a great job scheduling this game. I mean, I, come on, Sunday night. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. Before we uh, get into Sunday night and, and next Sunday night or the upcoming Sunday night game, let's go back to last Sunday when the Bucks went out to uh, Los Angeles and took on the Rams, losing 34-24. to 24. And I got to ask you, because there's certainly a lot of bad things and ugly things that came out of that game, but do you have anything good that came out of that game on Sunday? Well, one, they did a good job of not turning over the ball. One, I think they did a good job in a game where it could have got ugly. You could see Tom was still kicking. They, they did a good job of getting off that field with everybody intact. I mean, I mean, <laughs> they were pretty banged up on the defensive side, but on the offensive side, they stayed intact. I, 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 I think that's it. really it. They got absolutely – dominated in this game i mean the rams score six consecutive drives in a row they score four touchdowns and two field goals and from the fourth from the first quarter to the very early in the fourth quarter they scored six consecutive times i mean that is pure and utter domination from start to finish usually we, we like we see the Tampa Bay bucks do that on sundays but man it was just it, it just seemed like they couldn't do any any wrong it was unbelievable yeah i, I I could probably pick up one or two goods. Certainly the offense taking care of the football is one because you got to give your team a chance, a chance to win football games, right? And you got Tom throwing any interceptions. The running backs, you know, running backs took care of the football. And uh, granted, he got hit a few times more than you want him to get hit. But again, the good was the offense not turning over the football. And, and I don't know if you've seen enough of this play, but the fact that they ran – that wide receiver running play with Godwin scoring that first touchdown. I mean, you already got Mike Evans, red zone threat. You got Gronk, red zone threat. You got Godwin, a red zone threat. You got an Antonio Brown, he comes back, another red zone threat. All four of those guys, and all of a sudden, you're giving defenses another thing to worry about when you're mm -hmm. inside the red zone. With that running play, wide receiver running play, absolutely. That's 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 scary, dude. And, and, and another thing I just thought of: one, it's just a wrinkle, which is great. You got a wrinkle on there just now. Just watch; you'll see it next Sunday. They're gonna have something off of that little rush. Watch; you're gonna play action to Godwin, play action, running back, throw a screen over top. The second thing I thought of, I just thought of it was we saw a lot of extended action because there was forced by Giovanni Bernard and how how. Uh, versatile he can be in the passing game like he could he's a threat back there he's like James White Jr. you know like in the back in New England so um I do think that's that's another key we, they can scat him out I can I still see he doesn't understand the playbook just yet I only I only know that because every time they broke the huddle this is like something subtle only a dorky quarterback would understand but every time they broke the huddle Tom would have to tell him Tom's to side of the ball. Yeah. Every single time. Did you notice it? Yeah. Every time he ever, even it was just habit at some point. Maybe Gio asked him so many times in a row that finally he was just telling him where to go. And sometimes even I mean, he went on the wrong side and Tom had to correct him. So that, that's some growing pains. Yes. But we, I also believe that 
he can be a threat. We can go five for receiver. We can go big set with OJ Howard and and Gronkowski and Giovanni Bernard. That's a big set. They're, they're, you're making the defense play base defense to guys that are not base players, which what I mean by that is they can't bring nickel in there. Why? Because they can run the right. ball right down your throat. But if they bring base in there, now they have automatic matchups. So all you can do to that is play drop eight and you run the ball or you play zone coverage. And now you let Tom just nickel and dime you be patient all he wants to be patient with and he's done it he's proven it in his whole career so and he proved it in this game he dropped him back 55 times man no turnovers and that's what happens he's gonna get hit i mean he's uh it's unbelievable on the other side of the ball man though matt stafford is playing like an mvp it seems it's kind of it's, it's like john mcveigh is like a kid in a candy store max he's just trying stuff with stafford at this point just like ah I've been having this in my back pocket. It's like he was like in a prison cell with, with Jared Goff. <laughs> and now he's like opening up. I mean, I'm free. I'm free from this guy, man. It was unbelievable. So, uh, man, they're clicking. But I think it was a, uh, a butt whooping that, that, that the packs, I mean, that the uh, Bucks can come, come back from and really rally and, and, and finish on. I mean, we got 17. You don't got 16. Yeah. You know, what's, what's, uh, what's curious to me is when you were talking about running your base and, you talked last week about indicators. Yeah. So, so when you come out of the huddle and all of a sudden you split out five wide, you get them stuck in that four, three, four. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, um, you're not going to be able to play defense against this five wide, but also, no but also you get the indicator to where come out of the huddle, you go five wide. And if they switch anything, you find out what defense they're running. All of a sudden you bring your running back back, back closer to you as a quarterback's concerned, and you can do whatever you want at that standpoint. Whatever you want. And it's crazy, man. You can like legit see like TB and, and Bruce Arians have not even dipped into any of this sexy RPO stuff. When you watch them, they don't run it. They don't even run the RPO. They don't run it. They don't run the stick plays or the run. Man, Tom is so good and he's moving at such a high level that this dude is, is picking apart defenses without even like having any cheats at these little these young guys I say little but these young guys are able to do like where they're manipulating one one player or they're isolating one player like this dude Tom Brady's just beating you up and I mean throws for 432 at what 43 44 years old and and the guy is just completing balls all over the place I mean it's unbelievable but from a from a schematic standpoint I think that they're just so they're so diverse and I'll be honest Lynn they did miss Antonio Brown, when it comes down to it, when it comes down to clutch time, Tom trusts Rob Gronkowski and he trusts Antonio Brown. I don't know if that's because they lived together for a little short period or they got a little bromance going on. I don't know what it is, but it just seems like when he's in a pitch, he throws to Antonio and and I, he didn't have a security blanket. Rob kind of got banged up there late in that game. And, and he just, it didn't seem like uh it didn't really seem like they could get into a rhythm without Antonio. It's like that third play. He's more important than you think he is. Absolutely. No, I, 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 I totally agree, man. I've, I've been on record and said he's the, the, the top third wide receiver in the league and could Absolutely. be one or two on, on, you know, half the teams in the league still as it is. But yep. uh, we sprinkled in some bad too. And I, and I talked about the Jamel Dean injury in that game and having to get further into your depth chart. And that you mentioned Sean McVay on the other side of the sidelines when he sees you lose another corner, as it is, you've already started with not having your starting cornerback. 
And that's where you get the breakdowns in the secondary. And, I, and that's kind of where I want to go with the ugliest concern because as it is, talking about three weeks, dude, three weeks, Brandon, you got 391. They gave up passing yards against Dallas and Dak. They gave up 293 to Matt Ryan. And then this past Sunday against Matt Staff, Matthew Stafford, they gave up 331. I mean, you're not even, I don't care how well you're doing against the run. You're not going to give your team a chance to win football games if your secondary is that bad and you're asking, yep. eventually it's going to catch up to you. And it caught up to them on Sunday where you're just trying to, you know, you're trying to trade blows at that standpoint, trying to keep up with, with what the defense has given up. Yeah, I, I think it is a concern. That's why it's even more vital that they signed a guy like Richard Sherman just to give him some dog. I think when you get into, I've been in situations like that just playing where your defense is just worn out. You're you're, you're a quarterback. I've been a, I've been a quarterback on some really bad defenses. That's just a, the 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 cause and effect of running the tempo in college and 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 going fast. Your defense is going to get tired. So um, for me. I think that if you go on the sideline and, and you're like, oh, shoot, 30 is not going to be enough. 35 is not going to be enough. 45 is not going to be enough. It sometimes is demoralizing, but at the same time, you you sign a guy like Richard Sherman who's been in – one, he's been in Super Bowls. He's played at a high level in Super Bowls. He's was in his prime of his career when Seattle had their the greatest defense in the history of – in my opinion – up there with the Ravens back in the day with Ray Lewis and, and the, the squawking birds and all that Ed Reed, but Bub. So I believe they're going to try to simplify things on defense. And, and, and I think it's unfair to say that they're going to just play zone covers. They're going to expect, I know Bruce Arians and I know Todd Bowles, when we played Todd in, in, in the jet, when, when he was the head coach of the jets, he loved playing cover zero. He played a lot of combo coverages. He played a lot of, um eight up coverages and what i mean by that is like when the two linebackers sit in the in the a gaps they they run a split front three two three techniques and the two linebackers are in the in the uh, line of scrimmage and then they bring their safety or their nickels down into the box so it looks like the pressure can come from any way and it's up to the quarterback to identify it and then execute at a high level where his hots are and what he's trying to accomplish and how he's going to affect that that defense and make them guess wrong on the other end. So um, I, I do think from that perspective, Richard Sherman is the perfect, if you're going to run that risky defense, Richard Sherman is the perfect fit only because of his savviness and his smarts and his, his leg up on an offense. So they have a lot of, lot to improve on. They're two and one Lynn. They're scoring at will. Uh, they played a really good Rams defense. They have two of the best defenders in the game on the same defensive side of the ball, which blows my mind how those guys are playing together. And um, But there's a lot to be positive about, but there's a lot of negative that they need to sure up now or it's going to catch up with them later, in my opinion. He's Brandon Dowdy, former NFL quarterback, Len Martez. This is the Monday morning extra point. All right, so you mentioned having to uh, fix a few things. Let's talk about the team that they play next, meaning – a few days from now when they head up to New England Gillette Stadium and take on the Patriots in one of the probably the most anticipated games that we may see in our lifetime. But before the Patriots take on the Bucks, they played on Sunday too. And they came out of this football game now one and two. They lost to the Saints, another NFC South team 
28 to 13 Saints rebounding from that bad week that they had against Carolina. And uh, they did it defensively. They forced three interceptions. Mac, uh, Mac Jones didn't have a really good game. He got sacked three times. And on the flip side, Jameis Winston took care of the football, didn't have any interceptions, certainly got away with a few passes like he usually does on every Sunday. But uh, as far as the Patriots are concerned, how concerned are you about the fact that this team is one and two after all the moves they made in an offseason? Yeah, I think they knew this. When, when, they made the, when they made the decision to get rid of Cam and start the rookie, I think it was more of a build towards the future. Uh, my opinion, only because you're going to have growing pains with a rookie quarterback. Look at Trevor Lawrence. We thought he was a once-in-a-generational guy. The guy turned the ball over seven times in two games. Like, this guy was a, a, a sure thing, like the number one surest thing since Peyton Manning was back in the day. Like, this kid was going to be it. And I'm not saying Trevor's going to be a bad player. He's just in a bad team. But when you start a rookie quarterback, this is what you get. I think the New England just got away from their game plan a little bit early in this game. I think they were a little bit too woed about what Mac was doing, uh, taking care of the football in the first two games. And they didn't stick with the run game. They didn't have any identity. They weren't very creative on the run game. Uh, when I watched this game, they ran a lot of like inside zone and, and, and one back plunge plays like a, like a, a punt play. We're just kind of just trying to get one yard. They ran a bunch of that. They didn't really get creative as they usually do. Uh, I think they didn't stick with it. They weren't patient enough. If they want a chance to win this game, and I know it sounds crazy because this, new, this Tampa Bay Bucks defense, defensive front, front, front seven is unbelievable. They got to get into big personnel and they got to set Mac Jones up for success. And I mean that by a, a, a quarterback's best friend, a young quarterback's best friend is a run game. They got to get Damian Harris going. They got to fire off the football and win that first yard and a half. If you watch a football game and you're watching the line of scrimmage, that line of scrimmage is one, a yard and a half. If the offensive line is pushing the defensive line a yard and a half, they're winning the line of scrimmage. The defensive line is in the backfield a yard and a half, they're winning the line of scrimmage. If, they, if they're able to win this game by keeping this game condensed, they have to be able to run the football. They have to be efficient on third down. They have to be in manageable situations on third down. They cannot get in third and 10, third and 11, allow these, this, this pass rush to tee off on their young quarterback. They have to play an emotional game unemotionally, which mean, what I mean by that is just being able to be everybody communicate at a high level. It's going to be electric in there. It's going to be one of those, one of those games that you're going to remember and tell your kids about. I personally think that, I know Tom Brady knows Bill Belichick, but Bill Belichick knows Tom Brady just as well. So uh, they played, a, they've practiced a lot together, and they've they've been around each other more than anyone. So I think this weekend they just got rid of the game plan, and they just got to stick with it if they want a chance to win on Sunday. The thing about the Patriots and probably how they wanted to do things when the season first started, and you, and you talked about it, you know, in regards to building with Mac Jones as they move forward, but you mentioned the fact that. Quarterback's best friend, young quarterback's best friends, a running game. Fact mm -hmm. is, that old line in, in New England's banged up, and they, they go are. into this. And if they go into this football game on Sunday uh, without Isaiah Wynn and without Trent Brown, their tackles, it's an issue, and it's definitely going to be an issue with the football team and the Buccaneers, who have made it a point now to say we're not getting enough pressure on the quarterback. So what are they going to do? especially with a team that's playing shorthanded with tackles 
Is it going to come after Mac Jones, that young rookie quarterback? Yeah, they definitely. I mean, I would. <laughs> they're going to come after him. They're going to give him everything they got, and they're going to play that old school Todd Bowles defense the way it's the way he he knows how to play on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited as anybody, but I'm on the defense, and you're going to kill me for this, but I'm on the fence of team. I mean, he's the greatest coach of all time, Bill Belichick is. He's going to have something for Tom. He's going to have a wrinkle for Tom that he has never seen before. They're talented on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, do I think they can keep up with the talent? No, but I do think, I know, I do think it's going to be a closer game than people think. I think the record in the game like this, you throw the records out. It doesn't really, there's zero and zero. Why? Because of how the emotions of this game. So I think it's going to be close. I really do. I think it's going to be an exciting game. I kind of wish Peyton and you had the call on a Monday night just to kind of see how they, they, they would dissect this. So, uh, but I'm excited, man. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm leaning towards that, that, uh, that whole majority of folks that you speak of in regards to this not being a close game. And only because of this, I see the Bucks rebounding from the standpoint of getting back to that 30 point total. And New England, and New England, unfortunately, as it is now, I mean, they struggled last week to score points. I think they're going to struggle again on Sunday to score points. And with that, you're talking about a huge gap, man. I'm thinking 14, 17 points, but we'll see. I hope it's more along the lines of what you say than what I say, and that uh, it is a close football game. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, they're just going to have to, in my opinion, they just got, if Tampa wants to win, they got to start quick. They got to make this game uncomfortable for New England. What I mean by that, New England wants to play New England football. They want to run the football 30 times a game. They want to give it to their horses. They want to condense the game. They want to make it short. If they can get up early on them and make put a little bit more pressure, it's going to be – the dude's going to be filled with pressure. I've been on the sideline in big games. This dude, Mac Jones, is going to be filled up with pressure. If they can put a, just a tick bit more and make him kind of speed up his clock a little bit back there – uh, I think this is going to be – if they can do that, it'll be a long game. But if they don't, they, they struggle early. They keep them alive. New England gets the ball and they go on a nine-minute drive to start the game. I, I, I think it's going to be close just because the way New England plays the game of football, it doesn't allow the games to get out of hand. There's a reason they don't lose – you know, by 40 points, they don't lose by 30 points because they condense that game. And, and if this young quarterback just threw three interceptions in the last game, they are putting an emphasis. Bill, there's number one thing that Bill Belichick hates more than anything is turnovers. He ain't going to turn over the ball in this game unless he gets down. He has to throw it. So um, I, I said that they, they, they're going to stay patient and keep this one close. I will say one thing I agree with you in regards to to Belichick having something for the Buccaneers offense and, uh, and Tom, and let's not forget how that crowd might be on Sunday night too. You know, I mean, they, they might be back crap crazy in, in regards to, you know, seeing Tom and then, and if, if they do, if the, the Patriots are able to get up, that's going to keep them in the football game even more. Let's talk yep. about a quarterback that last year was a rookie is Mac Jones is this year. But is now that 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 quarterback in his second year is excelling when it comes to Justin Herbert and the LA Chargers because they were winners against the Chiefs this past Sunday, 30 to 24. And I bring up Herbert because on Sunday he was nearly perfect. Uh, 26 of 38, 
281 yards, four TDs, zero interceptions. And no one talks about these two guys a whole lot. But we're going we're gonna to find out about, about these two guys that Herbert has on the outside in Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, two of the more underrated wide receivers in the NFL. Yeah, um, there is no sophomore slump when it comes to Justin Herbert. Like, that's irrelevant. This dude is like uh, – I saw one of my one of my best friends, He uh, his name is Forrest Lamp. He played offensive line. He started all, all 16 last year for the Chargers. And uh, he personally told me that, one, Justin Herbert is one of the smartest individuals he's ever been around. And that means from, like, uh, a, a quarterback standpoint, uh, a, a meeting room standpoint, the only thing that he is holding him back is Justin Herbert. Well, why do I say that? I say that because he just hasn't had the confidence to take that next step. What helps his confidence so well, and I personally think this, this is just me, I think Keenan Allen has been the top three receiver in the NFL for the past five or six years. Uh, he's an alpha dog. He's one of those guys that gets doubled every play, Lenny. Like this dude, I remember when Miami, we had X on him shadowing all day. And this dude still went for like 160 with a quarterback, Phillip Rivers, that barely could throw the ball. I'm not even kidding. No joke, Lenny. Like this dude, Phillip Rivers, at the end of his career, could probably throw the ball 35 yards. Nothing in the tank. Like all timing, all beat you with his arm. Now, now this dude, Keenan Allen's got a quarterback that's got a laser. I mean, and he can move and he can, and he's smart. I mean, this kid's got it all. I mean, if they, they are dangerous now, but if I, I worry about them in the future, why do I worry about them in the future? Because they still just have to, for me, they have to find a way to run the football. Get a, get, they need a game where they give the ball to their backs 30 times take the pressure off Herbert I know that's not their game I know they want to spread it I know they got two of the most amazing receivers in the game I do think Mike Evans benefits a little bit right now from Keenan getting doubled every freaking play You're getting one-on-one -on -one coverage he's six foot four and you got one of the best back shoulder throwers in Justin Herbert in the game so um watch out for the Chiefs they're not I mean the Chargers they ain't good just on offense their defense is a problem as well. So I think they're a legit contender. I think on, on the other side, uh, Kansas City, I think they they struggle uh, in the secondary, kind of like Tampa does. They struggle in, in the run game sometimes. I think Chris Jones gets tired out. He's kind of their only big dog alpha in the middle. And um, so I, I don't know. I, I think that it was a great game. I do think they did a the game plan was was perfect for Herbert, but he still threw it 38 times and they led most of this game. So um, I, I don't know. I think they just got to be able to find ways to to run the football creatively, maybe side to side. But uh, this kid's he's a problem, man. He's going to be a good player. You know, I, we talk about we talked about the Patriots earlier and you playing in the AFC East against the Patriots when you're with Miami. And I mean, it. Heck, in your lifetime, <laughs> growing up in South Florida, you know, being being a, a guy that that, uh, that watched the Miami Dolphins play the Patriots through your lifetime, the Patriots owned the AFC East, basically owned it. I mean, nobody was challenging them. A couple of years, maybe the Jets sprinkled in here with the Sanchez years a couple of times was where the Jets went to the AFC Championship and all that kind of stuff. But for the most part, there were no there was no threats to the Patriots in the AFC East. Agreed. And I didn't know this until after this game on Sunday with the Chargers Chiefs 
the Chiefs are out of first place for the first time since 2016. Unbelievable. That's five years, dude, where they owned the AFC West. They've been in first place since 2016. And, you know, the problem with them, for me, you mentioned the defense and, and you know, the, the lack of playmakers on the defensive side, certainly in the secondary. Another problem for me is, man, they play a whole lot of close games. Like, every, even in their wins, they haven't won a game since probably last year, um, back probably November, where it wasn't a one-score game. Even when they win, it's a one-score mm-hmm. game. That's how risky of football they've been playing for for this long. And it's catching up to them because they're one and two. Mm-hmm. The Chargers are three and oh. And uh, and there's another team in the AFC West that's three and oh too. I don't I don't I don't remember if you saw I don't know if you saw Peyton last night and I watched I don't even watch the regular broadcast on Monday nights. Like, I'm so jacked up to watch Peyton and Eli. And it's not even for the antics and stuff. Like, they do all that funny stuff with the dancing and stuff like that. Yeah, cool. That's awesome. That's for the fans, whatever. But I enjoy watching Peyton, just his reactions to little things. Like, I think personally that the Chiefs have gotten rid of success. And we talked about that a little bit last week. But success has caught caught them, has been their Achilles heel to stop them. And what I mean by that is, I mean, when you win, I remember Aaron Rodgers said it last year as well. When you win football games, but you're sloppy, it's hard to correct those because you won. But if you lose, it's easier to correct those little mistakes. Like maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Tyreek Hill was supposed to be at 12 yards and he broke it at 10, but Mahomes by the, grace of god steps on his back foot and makes a throw well he's supposed to be at 12 yards guess what all those little things then in my opinion is are catching up with them i think pat i think he's going to be if he stays locked in and don't get to his head all this money and all this fame that he's getting and all this attention that he gets i i think he has the chance to be the greatest football player of all time arm talent i've never seen anything in my life i heard from matt moore He's more gifted mentally. Your former teammate and a current teammate of his. Exactly. I heard he is more gifted mentally than he is physically. And that's crazy to me. That blows my mind because he's just so smart that you can't even suggest anything to him. So, but I do think, Lynn, he has gotten way too reliant. I don't know if you watched that last night, but they were talking about uh, Jalen Hurts and Peyton said, man, he gets out of that pocket way too early. He's escaping that pocket way too early. Like that just tells me one, he has no feel for the rush and he's not developed enough to understand the timing and the choreography of offensive football. So for me, I think Pat has gotten rid of that. That's kind of like the new school deal where how many times bro in a game does Pat just drop three steps, take one hitch and throw the ball. No, it happens five times a game, four times a game. You can't live like that. I don't care how talented you are. You're playing against the greatest athletes in the world, defense alignment that run four, three, five, and you're trying to trying to out-athlete them. Like, no, beat them with your mind. That's why Tom Brady has been so successful for so long. That's why Philip Rivers has been so successful for so long. That's why Breeze so successful for so long. Peyton, Eli, the list goes on, the greatest quarterbacks of all time that can't even move. They're like statues back there. Why? Because they just know the choreography of offensive football. And I think that the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, 
sometimes get too cute and they also rely on the scramble drill a little bit too long. If you watch that Peyton and Eli, they had they had uh, Travis Kelsey on there and he was saying that he he doesn't even know the routes he's running sometimes. Sometimes it's just him and Pat on the same page, which is great. It's sexy. It's it's good for the fans. It's it's it is beautiful. It's 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 something very rare in, in offensive football. But at the same time, how many times is 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 Tom Brady and Gronkowski not on the same page? They're not on the same page that. every every snap, bro. Not like those that. dudes are he holds them accountable. Not only that, but how do you plan on beating the elite of the elite when you have to come January? No, it's not gonna that's happen. not gonna beat them. It's not. That's what I'm saying, man. That's that's why I think that they are just so reliant on the scramble drill, uh, improvisation, uh, and Mahomes just making plays, extending plays with his feet and throwing these crazy balls using his arm. I just – I don't think you can do that for that long. They're not as crisp as they were when he first came in the league, man. When he when he was a uh, sophomore, he wasn't a rookie, second year in the league, this dude was – they were crisp, and that was the Alex Smith in him. Alex Smith was telling him, hey, man, four, you take three and a half, three hitch, and that ball comes out. Nowadays, it's like he's just like doesn't really he does read. So I know he's 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 reading the coverages, but it seems like sometimes it's so freelance that he gets relying on him when he he turns over the ball like he did in this game. They got no chance. They, they get short distance. You give a give a team like Justin Herbert short distance. He's going to score every, every single time. And they're scoring touchdowns. They ain't scoring. They ain't settling for field goals. They're, they have been super efficient in that red zone. So I'm excited, man. It's it, it's 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 one of those. One of those deals where I'm a little nervous about the Chiefs, just because they've been relying on what they what they're doing on that side. But I'm not nervous about the Bucks, even though the Bucks look worse than the Chiefs did. They got TB12 back there, and they're going to figure it out. So uh, it, it's 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 going to work out perfectly in the end of the season here. He's Brandon Dowdy, former NFL quarterback. I'm Len Martez. This is the Monday morning extra point. I mentioned earlier about the AFC West having two teams out of three and zero. Another team that is 3-0, one on Sunday versus the Miami Dolphins, your former team. Raiders 31-28 in overtime over the Dolphins. What's got me about the Raiders is the fact that this is a team that's, again, they, they are 3-0, but they've beaten three teams this year that won 10 games last year. And I know things don't carry over because, trust me, I've had coaches tell me all the time how your roster changes every offseason, whether it be 15%, 20%, 30%, whatever it is. But still, it's still impressive the fact that they beat playoff teams or at least potential playoff teams from last year, this year, to get off to that 3-0 start, as opposed to Denver, who's beaten up teams that haven't won, haven't won a game yet. Absolutely. but And, and you're, it's crazy that you mentioned that because I think they've had the toughest defenses i'm not saying the toughest they haven't played the toughest teams Miami dolphins defense is a legit top five defense in the, in the nfl pittsburgh steelers defense is a top five defense in the NFL. i don't care how bad the offense looks their defense is legit especially when they play they played against tj watt I mean, he hasn't played since since that game so they played against tj watt they're healthy 11 they're 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 11 that they have out there last year um so I like the Vegas Raiders. I like what they're doing. I think they do a good job of mixing it up. I, I think they do a good job of getting matchups they like. I think they're creative, which I didn't – I'll be honest with you, Lynn. When they hired Gruden, I didn't think he was going to be creative with this RPO stuff. 
I didn't think he was going to be a tempo guy. I thought he was going to go old school, Y2, Spider 2, Y banana, getting a fullback back there. I thought he was going straight. When they hired him, I was like, oh, man, that's going to be awful. I mean, he talks about these quarterbacks and his little show and how they're they're mentally weak and stuff. Man, he has adapted. Have you seen some of them routes by Renfro? I mean, it's, like it's still out, early out. though, man. It's still early. No, you buy the Raiders. It's still early. No, I agree. I just, I just believe in Derek Carr. I think he's legit. I think he's not only a legit football player, but he's like a very genuine. Like when he talks to the media, I believe what he says. Like he talks about Christ and how he's following God no matter what. Man, that's cool, man. I just, it, it didn't seem forced. Like it wasn't like a guy coming up there just trying to be politically correct. Like he was just real. Like I went through a really hard time last year when I broke my ankle and now I'm back and I'm playing at a high level and I'm trying to sustain. And I found God again. And God said to me, I'm going to do exactly what I need to do to be aligned with him and do exactly what he told he's telling me to do. And I, I think that one, two combo right now, right now. And I'm saying right now, week three, this is week four, going to week four. I know I get it. They, they don't have Josh Jacobs in the backfield, one. Their defense has improved. I'm not saying the, off, the, the Miami Dolphins' offense is any good at all. I think if they had any type of offense, they win this game. But uh, the Raiders are a problem. I, I, I like Gruden. I think he's got a lot to prove. And I, I just like Derek. I think Derek Carr is sick of being the underdog. All right, last but certainly not least, it was probably, I would guess, the game of the week that took yeah. place on Sunday night where uh, – a guy for some reason, a man and a future Hall of Fame quarterback, a Super Bowl winning quarterback for some reason. I mean, look, when you start running down the NFL quarterbacks these days, when you start talking about the best, we could talk about Tom. Before long, you're talking about the guy who plays the Lambeau Field and Aaron Rodgers. And I don't know why people, it's kind of like the way people doubted Tom and, and for, you know, whether it was 2016, 2017. 2018. Everybody's waiting for Tom to fall off the cliff. And everyone now talks about Rodgers when it comes to his interest in football. And I'm like, watching him on Sunday, I'm like, you know what? If this dude is so uninterested in football and he's that damn good, you need to leave him alone. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, man. You know what's funny? That's funny that you say that. (laughs) I don't believe that. I don't believe that he has that lack of interest because you don't get to that level without having full commitment to being the best that you are. And Len, he's made his money. If he wasn't interested, he'd walk away. And he ain't got enough pride to be like, hey, man, I'm done. I made my money. I can retire. My kids can retire one day. I'm good to go. So I, 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 I think it was so funny because after week one, and you're seeing that Saints defense is legit too, by the way. They've played three back-to-back. where They, they legit. So week one, I think there was a lot of, hype uh, uh, off the in the in the offseason with him and all the drama that preceded it I think that they uh I think the media have really pushed that envelope so much that is Rogers gonna leave is he not gonna leave I think Rogers could have handled it a little differently I think Aaron really could have and I'm, I'm being just completely I think he did, couldn't have, didn't have to make it about himself I think he could have made it about what the situation that he was going through whatever he was going through mentally getting away from the game but Man, that boy can spin the football. And he's he's just so pretty aesthetically pleasing to watch. And, and I, I, I think uh, they do a good job offensively with their schemes setting him up. I mean, you think – you look at you look at Rodgers 
two, you know, two years ago, he's not the same Aaron Rodgers that he was now. You know what I mean? So uh, this, this, this team is just, they're clicking, but at the same time, I'm just, I'm just excited to see like how Aaron develops even more and how, where they can go. Cause they, they can't rely on Devontae Adams getting 15 catches a game. Like he's, he does every week in and week out, you know? Speaking of the game, the Packers won that one 30 to 28 on a last second 51 yard field goal by Mason Crosby as time expired. Uh, Crosby was put in that position to hit that 51 yard field goal because in 37 seconds, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers does what he does. And, you know, we always talk about quarterbacks and, you know, not leaving enough time on the clock for him to do something, whether it was Tom Brady against Dallas or and now it, it's now it's 37 seconds. Brandon, how, how much is too much time when a dude can do it in 37 seconds and you know where the football is going? That's what kills yeah. me is that the Niners in losing this game, both teams are now two and one, but if the Niners losing this game knew where he was going with the yep. football. It was unbelievable. That's just a guy that's just operating at such a high level. It's just a guy that two guys that are on the page, on, on the same page, talking throughout the game. They, they played that soft and soft dreaded two man that I absolutely hate. I don't know why teams play that bend don't break defense at the end of the game, man, stick to your game plan, stick to your guns, bro. If you get conservative as a play caller, what do you think your team's going to do? Your, th- your team is going to play timid. So that's exactly what happens to the 49ers. They play timid. I know that they watched that film on Monday, and they were like, man, we, we, we have to come after him. We have to find ways to disguise. But when he starts going fast and that tempo starts coming out of his – and that ball keeps coming out of his hands, if he gets in a rhythm, dude, he is un- like aesthetically unbelievable. Like he makes throws that you're just like, I wouldn't, I'm as a quarterback, I'm like, dude, I never would throw that ball. Like, in, like that is not even the read, but his arm is so unreal. His motion is so unreal that it, he just gets it in there. And it's like, man, this is like, uh, it's unbelievable. But 37 seconds, I don't even know. I don't even have calls. They actually said that when I, back in the day when I was playing, uh, he calls all the two minute Rogers does. He calls every play in two minutes and he, I think personally, in my opinion, that's the way it should be. Uh, qu- the quarterback should be calling the two-minute drill. Not a guy in the booth that's trying to – that sees it up top. Man, I'm, I'm in the game. I, I can see people's body language. I can see the corner's body language. I can see the, the linebackers, what they're doing. If their hands are on their hips. If the D-line's late, on the, get under the ball. I know if, if, if linebackers have their, their weight on their heels or on their toes, that just tells me they're coming or not coming. But just our overall feel that you can't see from the box, I believe – especially if you're in a rhythm or you get your first completion, you see your first completion to start a drive that every quarterback should run the two minute. I've heard it from inside sources that Tua don't do that. So that's, that's the difference between uh, a franchise NFL quarterback that knows exactly what he, what coverage you're going to be in the game and almost anticipate every coverage that you're going to be. And that's all he did. He was just anticipating two man. They tried to run a little one back to him. And I'm like, what are they doing? Like what? What are we doing outside? Let me add. Let me add to that feeling of, of of knowing what the defense is doing when you're out on the field, and and, and what they don't know up top as far as Correct. the coaches are concerned. When you're a quarterback, you're also inside your own huddle, 
and you can mm-hmm. see the faces of you. You can see and absolutely. You sense, you sense what's going on inside your own huddle, and you know who wants to eat, dude. Absolutely. You feel who wants to eat, and that's where you. That's where your play calling comes in too, because the coaches are not inside that huddle. You are. Nope. And you and you can't communicate back with the coaches. They can talk to you, but you can't come come back. So what I, I heard was going on. And we're getting a little off topic because my ADD, buddy. But um, <laughs> but all good. I heard that I heard that Sean McVay, he uses all fifteen seconds. I don't know if you watched old clips of Sean McVay when they were with with like, with Goff when he was with Goff last year. They would use something called like we we would we called like a, a speed like a Jimenez or something like that. And what we they would do they would do was is he would call play in the huddle. That when when the quarterback has his headset on. He has communication, and I mean one-way communication. Coach can talk to him, offensive coordinator, whoever the play caller is, can talk to the quarterback in their helmet until 15 seconds left in the play clock. Once 15 seconds hit, that is done. Communication is over. But what Sean McVay do, he would get in a huddle quickly, and then he would get to the line as fast as he can. If you watch like old clips of him, even in the Super Bowl, when they played in that Super Bowl, they would run like the muddle huddle where they would get like, their, their offensive linemen communicate that up front. They get their quarterback, their running backs in there. The wide receivers would already be set. They would just break the huddle, and they'd go into the line of scrimmage. And as soon as they got to the line of scrimmage, it allowed the defense, made the defense declare to what they were doing. If they were trying to disguise something, if they were trying to bring pressure some way, and they had to rotate their safeties out, if they had like a corner coming, he was cheating with his eyes in the backfield, that right there is diminished when you go fast and line up and put pressure on a defense. In that two-minute drive, Aaron Rodgers was literally putting so much pressure on that defense. It simplified him so quickly. It, it, when he got the tempo going, even you can see it. There was a one, one or two plays. They got out of bounds. They got they stopped the clock. But Aaron was like, no, let's get back to the line. Why? Because I'm putting the pressure on. Off good offensive football teams like the Bucks, like the Packers, like and the Bills at times, um, like – the Patriot, uh, the the, rant, uh, the Saints back in the day, they use tempo to their advantage. They they dictate what their the defense can do, and they make that that game so simple. And if you put a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers in the backfield, and he understands your coverages and understands the weakness of every single one of those coverages, this guy's the limit, man. I I I, I just I have so much respect for him and the way he's handled and 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 turned the buzz away from the offseason and said, man, I I don't want to be. A Green Bay Packer, but dang sure I'm gonna make I'm gonna go try to go win a Super Bowl. I, I just have so much respect for someone that does that. Speaking of uh turning that that you know negativity in regards to Aaron Rodgers, whether or not he wants to play football or not, last two games, six TDs, no interceptions. And more importantly, what what Sunday night showed me after Crosby hit that 51-yard field goal was the genuine excitement that Rodgers had when they won that football game. Yep. Don't that, tell me that dude doesn't want to be out there, man. I know, man. That's 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 media, something media driven, man. He's, he he wants to play the game. He's he's not toast. He's he's got a lot to prove yet still. And I think I don't know if he's going to finish his his career in Green Bay. Uh but I do think he's got something to prove and he wants to represent that city uh, as much as he can. Before we wrap things up, and he's Brandon Dowdy. I'm Len Martez. Brandon Dowdy, former NFL quarterback. Len Martez, the Monday morning extra point. Before we wrap things up, Brandon, well, I'm going to do this, and we're going to do this every week until 
everyone has a loss and the Miami Dolphins 1972 champagne boys are uh, clicking <laughs> glasses, but we still got undefeated teams like the Raiders who we talked about two overtime wins Broncos who are also three, you know, both teams atop the AFC West, by the way, the Broncos the previous two seasons under uh, Vic Fangio 12 and 20, man, that's, wow. they've got a quarter, they've got a quarter of their wins they've had, in the last two seasons already this year. But again, they've beaten teams that, are, that don't have any wins this year too. Panthers are also 3-0, leading the NFC South, by the way, a game over the Bucs. Certainly it's early. Plus the Panthers play at Dallas this week. And then you got the teams out West in the NFC West, two teams, Cardinals and Rams, who play each other this week. So, I joke around about the 1972 Dolphins, you know, drinking champagne, still being the, the only undefeated team in NFL history. But you got teams this week, the undefeated teams. We still got five of them. And at least one of them is going to be gone because two teams play each other. So are you still buying all these teams? Are you still buying the Raiders? You are. You're still buying the Raiders. You're buying the Broncos because you think they can stop and run the football. Panthers, who now without McCaffrey, he's still he's still Whoa. there. <laughs> I'm not buying an undefeated season without Christian McCaffrey, but I am buying that that defense is legit. Sam Darnold is the most improved player in, in the NFL. He's going to win comeback player of the year. Uh, I think Joe Brady won't be there very long, and I think he'll be the next head coach of the USC. Uh, personal opinion, if they don't hire him, they're crazy. Uh, but I do like Carolina. I think I, I like Matt Rule. I think he don't play no games. I think they play like their head coach, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And Joe Brady is one of the best call, play callers I've ever seen. He's got things just rolling, man. He's making it easy for Sam. I still think Sam's raw. And like, and he, remember, he's like 24 years old, man. He's raw. Like, he's still not even hitting his potential. He's not even, he's not even hit that cusp yet of what he can do uh, potentially he's got all the arm of talent he's still late on his throws he's still he, i think he holds the ball way too long and they're what three and oh so uh i don't think they're gonna go 17 16 and oh uh only because i know uh christian mccaffrey ain't back there toting that rock so they may not make you, it past week four undefeated because dallas is playing really good football and this one's in are. dallas dallas too. is da dallas is sneaky and they do what you like they're running the football, two-headed monster, right, with, with the two yeah, running backs they, they have. Dak's taking care of the football, and yep. they're stopping the run. So, I mean. It's funny, Len. It's a complete opposite game plan as they had in week one. It's like they learned so much in week one when they played the Bucks. I mean, Dak threw it 58 times. You can't play. I'm sorry, bro. Like, you cannot win consistently in the NFL. It's impossible. I talk to Matt Moore about this all the time. Matt Moore says, I just want to play. I just want to throw the ball 25 times. If I throw the ball 25 times in an NFL game, cool. Why? Because that means that's only 25 attempts that I can throw an interception. <laughs> so, so I'm serious. 55 times, you don't think you're going to turn over the ball? You're crazy. We're playing against the greatest athletes and the greatest minds, defensive minds in the world. You can't live by throwing the ball 55 times. That's why I'm a little nervous about the Chargers. But at the same time, I, I, just, I, I believe that if you run the football, you condense the game, you have a chance to win every single week. Well, good, because the next question I'm going to have is in regards to uh, a team that's best running back is their quarterback. They're undefeated, but they go to L.A. like the Bucs did last week in week three. That team that I'm talking about with the 
<laughs> their running back, who's their quarterback, is Arizona, the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray being the he's basically the running game for that football team. And and look, we can talk about big guys like Cam, like Josh Allen taking, you know, taking on tackles as big as they are and, and running the RPOs. Well, you got Kyler Murray, who's height-wise no bigger than me, and weight-wise he's no bigger than me, taking on taking on the uh, defensive ends, trying to run that RPO. In addition to that, you were asking him to do it for 17 weeks now, too, and that's why he got hurt last year, and that's why I don't, I'm not buying Arizona or you. No, I sell Arizona, sell them hard. I know they got all the weapons in the world outside. Christian Kirk is finding a finding his groove. Uh, I think it took him a year uh, or a year or two in Kingsbury system. I like Christian Kirk. He's an Alabama kid, so you know he's going to work hard. They got the best receiver in football, Ronda Hopkins. He's just he's unbelievable. And I think they got the sleeper in the draft, Rondell Moore. I mean, Rondell Moore is in the perfect situation. He ran that that RPO offense and, and Purdue better than I've ever seen it. The guy's so dynamic in space. I and mean, when you have a quarterback out there that can escape the pocket, use his legs, and you got a guy like Rondell Moore that knows the scramble drill and just is so dynamically quick, not even fast, but just dynamically quick. He just has a, has a chance to take a small play and, and, and turn it into a large one. But like you said, and you know me, Winning formula, bub. You got to run the football. You got to be able to have a back back there that can take the hits. When we were in Miami, in my rookie year, we had Jay Jai, and Jay Jai's a, I mean, he's a big dude, man. He's not, he's not only six one, big boy. He was, we were toting, toting that rock twenty eight times a game. Jay had like two or three games where he was over two twenty. I mean, that was our formula, and we set Ryan up with play action and and smoked him when they wanted to smoke teams when they wanted to not be gap scout sound in the run game. So um, I think that's the winning formula. I think the chiefs have broken that cycle a little bit, but I do think it's coming back to haunt them. I'm selling Arizona only on the fact of with all with, they rely way too much on one person. They, they you got to have a more, a multitude of people. You can't have your quarterback run, be your biggest, your, your, your most, efficient runner and your most efficient passer it just doesn't work like that in this game so uh i'm selling them i think the, the loss is coming very very soon <laughs> for, for arizona they rely on, uh, on on a guy who's the smallest quarterback in the league i know it's unbelievable in, man. in, 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 a, in a sport that's the most physical sport there is i know i don't there was I, questions I about him playing in the league as it is when he came into the league and now you're having him do everything for your offense. I, I mean, listen, when it comes to fantasy and watching a football game, I enjoy watching Kyler Murray. Absolutely. But as far as if I were a fan of the Cardinals, I'd be – I worry about Kyler Murray. I Absolutely. would worry about him. I wouldn't be surprised if they get a guy like Todd Gurley off the sideline or something late in the season. Just got to relieve him a little bit. I think Todd's going to be one of those guys that just plays – Late in the season, he's just kind of waiting his time out a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised they make a, a little bit of a splash for a running back. Maybe, maybe they trade for somebody in, in Houston. They got three three-headed monster in Houston over there. Maybe they – I think they need a back. Not a receiving back, but like a Mark Ingram back, a guy that, that's going to get downhill, Latavius Murray back, that's going to just uh, not allow you to be too cute. When you throw the ball this much, and you're relying on your athletic ability to, to – improv plays like they do one it, it there's there's a long list of things of why it shouldn't work 
yes, you can get big explosive plays in the pass game. Correct. You can get big explosive game plays with their running quarterback. Correct. But the things you don't think about are like, man, what about this offensive line? Like, how do they know where the, the entry point is for the for a quarterback? Usually an entry point for a quarterback is nine yards in that backfield. He's going to be nine yards. So guess what? I can't get these ends to be nine yards if, if they, they have a launch point of where the quarterback's going to be. So they know the cocoon to make in a quarterback. You watch Tom Brady. He'll never get between – he'll be get between nine and 11 yards in backfield. On play action, he'll get to 11 yards. And drop back action, he'll get nine yards in the backfield. The defensive ends know that. You don't think they they study that? Well, also, guess what? The offensive line does too. When you got a guy like Kyler Murray running around back there, you get holding calls in this league. You get off track. Just one, two plays, they could kill some drives. So um, I don't think they can be consistent enough to be a threat, and or I don't think they have a chance to go undefeated. But I I don't think they can be assistant consistent enough to even be a threat. It it, it caught up with them last year. It did. As I mentioned earlier, he. He hurt his shoulder and, and he stopped running too because of that. Yep. But you mentioned the possibility of adding a back. There's a, a back that uh, folks know from the Tampa area from uh, USF in Marlon Mack with the Colts who's requested and the team is certainly obliged to the fact that they're trying to work out a deal for him to a football team. So if the Cardinals are really interested in getting a back, there's one for him. Absolutely. I think they need one. They need a back. I mean, they, they need somebody that can just relieve him in the backfield. Yeah, I, there has to be, I, I can't imagine, and this is great. I played the sport, so I know, like, I can't imagine being Kyler and feeling the way he does when he, when he wakes up on Monday, like he's got to feel like crap and doing that over and over and over. It's the same, same effect, man. You win games, man. It feels all right. I'm, I'll be all right. I'll, I'll be, we start losing games. Man, it's easy to be like, golly, my body is hurting. And I think that's what happens. So uh, I don't – I'm selling on them. Uh, I don't think they, they have a chance to, to make a run in this. I don't think Kingsbury is – I like him as a guy, but I don't think he's – his offense really mirrors the NFL way of doing things, if that makes any sense. It certainly does. He's Brandon Dowdy, former NFL quarterback. I'm Len Martez. This is the Monday Morning Extra Point. When we talk to you next week, we'll be talking about one of the most anticipated games played in the NFL, Bucks patriots Sunday night. Until then, for Brandon Dowdy, Len Martez, the Monday morning, Extra Point.